Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Thank you very much for joining me today on the Cannabis 101 podcast. I apologize for my voice. I have been battling a cold this entire week, uh, so I do apologize in advance for how I sound. I uh, I don't think it's going to get better in this episode, so next week, I uh, promise you, things will be better. Uh, and you know what? This is the Cannabis 101 podcast, episode 15. It's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy with this wonderful plant and we are going to uh, set things up uh, the way we do on this program every week put that in your pipe and smoke it all right uh, i am not using a uh, pipe today as uh, as mentioned i have a bit of a cold but i do have some uh, blue dream from uh, tantalus labs in my silver server uh, the from seventh floor vapes and uh, i'll just give a, a quick poll to get going There we go. Uh, vaporizing is uh, great, and I intend to do it a, a little bit more, a little bit more health conscious. So I'm going with some Blue Dream. I'd love to hear from uh, you, uh, what you are uh, rocking in whatever apparatus, apparatus you are going with. Hit me up on Twitter, at the Cannabis 101 you can get us on Instagram at the Cannabis 101 Podcast. Facebook is at Cannabis 101 Podcast. And you can email me and be anonymous if you would like to. Uh, just let me know. Cannabis 101 Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we can always uh, come up with a cool alias for you so uh, nobody knows uh, that you are. What are you people? On dope? There we go. Uh, so, anyway, we will have some fun with that. You can also check out the website. Cannabis101podcast.ca and you can listen to past episodes like last week's episode with the Rosin Bros, man. The Rosin Bros, you know what they are? All right, all right, all right. Yeah, they uh, they are definitely we got a winner. awesome. Uh, I, I enjoyed that episode. I am enjoying my rosin uh, that I use, uh, you know, uh, every so often to uh, really, really unwind. Uh, you should check them out uh, at rosin.bros on Instagram. Uh, okay, this is what we got going for you today. We got a double shot of Chris Ionson. Uh, not only will he be joining us uh, for uh, What's That Strain, in which uh, we are doing just an unbelievable strain from Tantalus Labs, uh, we're going with Serratus today. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Yeah, it's uh, right up there for sure. Um, so we're going to get into that. It's some groovy BC bud. And before we get to that, though, Chris is going to drop by. We're going to do a little Growing with Chris segment. He just finished a grow cycle. He's starting his second. Of course, everybody knows you're allowed four plants uh, per household. So he's going to tell us what the process was for him. And uh, maybe you have tips for us that I can pass on to him next time. Or maybe you can learn something uh, from his situation. Uh, we gave David Wiley the week off for this week in Cannabis News. He is, of course, with OkanaganZ.com slash OZ, uh, but one of the stories we're going to talk about in this week in cannabis news is uh, odorless cannabis. 
I don't know. It seems a little bit strange, but that's one of the things we'll discuss in that segment. want to tell you about our YouTube channel, the Cannabis 101 Podcast. Did our first product review. It's up there right now. Search for it, the Cannabis 101 Podcast on YouTube. Subscribe, review, learn something, uh, and you could win a red hexagon from Burnt Designs just by watching the video and telling me what strain I used in the video. It's simple. You'll go into a mix uh, with a bunch of people that have already uh, thrown their name in there, and you could get a free hexagon from Burnt uh, Designs uh, that I uh, picked up from uh, Nova Cannabis uh, recently. So lots of good stuff on our YouTube channel for you to check out. You could win stuff, and there will be more product reviews and things like that. We're going to start recording What's That Strain so you can see exactly what we're doing. Uh, Of course, we have the Cannabis Character Cup going on. That is daily on our Twitter feed at the Cannabis 101. And you can go to cannabis101podcast.ca, click on contests, see the entire bracket. We are now in the third round. And the matchup right now has uh, the man, the number one seed, Tommy Chong. And he is taking on Mac Womack from Super Troopers. And that's uh, Steve Lemmy, who actually uh, replied at one point uh, to one of our uh, poll questions. So um, right now, Tommy Chong is winning 85% to 15% uh, with a a few hours uh, to go, uh, a lot of that. But I'm sorry, Mac, I'm not sure you're going to be able to make up the ground unless he tweets it out again and gets all the Super Trooper fans to go in. But Tommy Chong is the number one seed for a reason. Um, He probably will win this tournament that's who i would bet my money on if i was doing it anyway you can go to the contest section check out the bracket uh, make your prediction and win a, a cannabis 101 podcast prize pack we're also giving out one of those for our 420 followers contest we're at 280 so only 140 more to go and then if you're a follower you're in the mix for a cannabis 101 podcast prize pack so we have some really fun ideas coming up for future contests where you can not only win some free stuff but you can also uh, have a say in the show and how things go and maybe even sit in on an episode or two this is the cannabis 101 podcast your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. All right, our uh, cannabis question today is, it was actually put to me by a listener. Uh, They reached out, uh, it was uh, Steve, and I really appreciate him reaching out. And he asked me uh, what the uh, healthiest way to consume cannabis would be. Uh, So I threw it out there as our cannabis question. And for me, I think vaping, I think is uh, obviously a little bit healthier than uh, uh, using a bong or a joint or a pipe or anything. Uh, I, I, I still enjoy those ways. I will always enjoy those ways. I think it's good if you have a variety and you're not always doing the same thing, especially if you are uh, burning, combusting. But with vaping, there's no combustible. Uh, there's no com- uh, f- uh, flame. It's just uh, extreme heat and uh, you vaporize the weed. You're not uh, inhaling smoke or anything like that. Um, edibles are uh, are an interesting thing. I looked a lot online today to try to find out uh, how edibles um, you know affect your liver. Uh, 
How do they affect it as compared to alcohol? Uh, can cannabis be beneficial? I've, I've read things about that, but you know, there's so much stuff. So I have re- reached out to some doctors, hoping to hear back, hoping to get a, a physician on this show so we can answer some of those questions. But I thought I'd reach out to the uh, listeners and see what they have to say. Uh, Adam says uh, edibles are probably the safest, whether that's food or pills. Uh, next uh, provided is extra, uh, next provided it's extracted properly. Concentrates in a vape, then bud in a bong, and last but not least, my favorite, a joint. And he adds, uh, I suppose making some tea is an option as well. That's probably uh, in the edible classification, he says. So uh, I think. Um, as far as not wanting to inhale anything, then, then edibles are the way to go. Um, the uh, the THC oil that's out there that you can get uh, uh, from Fire and Flower or Nova or Spirit Leaf or any of the uh, um, uh, stores, they work great too. Uh, you get used to the taste after a while. It's kind of a uh, earthy taste, uh, but that does the trick as well. And uh, that's I think that's probably uh, your face safest. I, I did just recently buy a Levo. Uh, there'll be a, a product review of that coming up on the Cannabis 101 YouTube channel. Um, so we're going to check that out, and I'm going to get into a little bit more um, baking of my own stuff and meals. Uh, I love the show Cooking on High, so uh, me and my uh, some of my friends are going to do our own Cooking on High night and you know fry up some steaks and potatoes and, and some great uh, can of butter and really, really get into it. So uh, I think edibles are, but uh, hit me up on Twitter, at the Cannabis. 101 and uh, let me know what you think is the safest way to consume uh choney at choney at chonestock on twitter uh, says uh, sent this note says uh, one way i've consumed cannabis is i using an infused honey tincture in drinks such as tea and on peanut butter sandwiches Uh, So that's a a very cool way, and uh, I think that's a a fairly healthy way to do it as well. All right, uh, before we get to our first guest of the day, which is Chris Ionson, our educator, he's going to talk growing with us in our first segment. We have our What Goes Well With, and that's anything that pairs well with cannabis. Uh, Hit me up on Twitter, at Duck Millard. What goes well with cannabis? And for me, show prep. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm talking about show prep the night before. Uh, There's a saying in um, uh, kind of journalism or broadcasting or whatever it might be, uh, maybe not so journalism, but uh, more so in radio uh, and podcasting fits in that, is um, you can uh, write high, or I guess for some people drunk, but I'm going to use cannabis, write high, edit sober. So I do my show prep the night before uh, under the, uh, and I used to do this on uh, when I was on TSN 1260, come home from the show. I was on till midnight, uh, start working on the, the next day's show, smoke a joint, have uh, some of my bong, something, get some creative juices going. And uh, the next day go through it and be like, okay, this is good. This isn't, this doesn't work and things like that. So uh, the, some of the strains out there, great for creativity. It gives your mind a, a real burst and a boost so uh, that's for me uh, what I'm going with uh, what goes well with show prep and that's anything that pairs well with cannabis this is the cannabis 101 podcast 
your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. All right, my first guest today, and uh, only guest because he's doing double duty, is a familiar voice. It's Chris Ionson, uh, the educator on uh, uh, the Cannabis 101 podcast, and what's that strain? Also, the uh, manager of the off-white location for Nova Cannabis here in Edmonton, and we are going to do a, a strain today. It's uh, from Tantalus Labs, Serratus. It's awesome, and we're going to get to that. But you're going to talk to us today, first of all about uh, kind of growing 101 a little bit. Uh, just a, a, a small little segment we're going to do about how you uh, did your grow. And you're on your second grow now, aren't you? I am, yeah, that's right, Dean. All right, well, thanks very much for uh, uh, doing double duty today. Sure. Um, let's talk about first about your setup. Uh, what is your setup like at home? Uh, maybe it's something that uh, you know somebody listening can be like, ah, that fits my lifestyle. Yeah, definitely. Let's get into it. Uh, so I, I live in a condo. Um, I am on the third floor and I've got a second bedroom that, uh, you know, I kept for guests, you know, visitors. I didn't really use it that much. Uh, so in that second bedroom, I have a, a tent. Uh, it's a three foot by three foot by six and a half foot tall tent. Uh, and it's a grow tent, so it's, you know, fully sealed up uh, so no light can get in uh, or out. Uh, and in that tent, I've got uh, a 600 watt LED bulb, uh, kind of hanging from a um, from the rafters in, in the ceiling of my tent, uh, with an adjustable kind of uh, like a pulley system, so I can you know raise the light as I need to. And inside the tent, I've got an oscillating fan uh, that is always running, uh, and it's always kind of uh, giving a little bit of push on my on my plant. Uh, and this is good for uh, strengthening the plant. Mm -hmm. um, if without that fan, uh, I would grow very thin, thin branches. And once we got into the flowering state, you know big buds on there, they're just going to droop down and not be able to support the weight of big buds. So very important to have a fan in there to, to kind of beef up uh, your plant. Uh, and I've got a carbon filter at the top of my tent uh, that is um, uh, sucking air out and uh, filtering it out. And um, the hose is actually run to the window in my second bedroom. So oh, good. Uh, it works out well. It doesn't stink though. The filter uh, really does help. Uh, and that also keeps the air fresh in, in the in the room. Um, I also feel it's important to name your plant. Uh, we got to talk about that. That's uh, that's a big thing. Okay, uh, it's it's going to be a lady's name too. Your plant's a female, mm -hmm. so that's important. Uh, you can even have a little mascot in your uh, in your uh, grow up. I had a little uh, action figure uh, off my light, and you, you, you know, know it'd be you could have like a Groot. <laughs> yeah. You must have a Groot in That's there, perfect. right? <laughs> I am Groot. I am. Groot. I can't believe Vin Diesel got paid that much money to say I am Groot oh, yeah. uh, once. Yeah. Or whatever, and then just replayed it. Uh, so that's good. Name your plant. Um, something we've talked about uh, also in the past, uh, especially when we did uh, Meridian uh, from uh, Up Cannabis, is uh, music talking to your plant as well. Yeah, for sure. I, I talk to my plant a bunch uh, when I do check on it and my daily checks. Uh, I also have a radio uh, tuned into kind of some like poppy upbeat music. Okay. Um, I, plants respond better to that versus like heavy metal. Yeah. Uh, so I've got that going. Uh, the uh, radio and the light are both on a timer that's plugged into my wall. Smart. Um, 
so I don't have to worry about that. Uh, I don't have to like, you know, it's because how, how it works uh, with, with cannabis plant is there's the vegetative state and mm -hmm. there's the flowering state. And so if you're in the vegetative state, you've got 18 hours of light and six hours of darkness. When the plant is just going to grow and grow and grow, uh, no buds are going to form in that state. So you're just kind of shaping the plant uh, to how you want it to grow. Um, and then once you're ready to kick it into the flowering state, uh, you're going to change that lighting setup to uh, 12 hours of light and mm. 12 hours of darkness. Now, do you have those lights on a timer as well, or is that something that you're doing manually? No, the lights are on the timer okay, too. Good. So, uh, so you don't have to get up in the middle of the night to uh, switch it off. Or no, whatever. no, the timer does that for me. Uh, I do just have to when I do switch from uh, vegetative to flower. Um, you just have to switch your timer and just okay. pull some little switches to get it uh, for sure. Twelve hours. So. Okay, so um, and you uh, you grew Hindu Kush, which is a pretty uh, pretty legendary strain. So I must mm -hmm. uh, imagine you were really looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, Hindu Kush. It's a land race. It's one of the OGs uh, grown in the Hindu Kush mountains uh, in Afghanistan. Um, what I got was a, a clone. So I had a friend of mine. He had uh, I think twelve plants uh, growing uh, in his little setup, and he he cut me a clone and. Um, so it came to me in a little two liter jug, uh, of dirt hmm. and it was, uh, you know, maybe eight inches tall and six inches tall. It's pretty small. Um, and I, you know, transplanted it, uh, gave it some love and water and light and, uh, conversation. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, and she ended up growing to be taller than me, uh, which, oh, was, beautiful. which was pretty cool. And I'm, I'm not that tall, but, uh, you know, a plant, uh, it's a tall plant. Tall enough, yeah. Now, uh, just quickly explain the difference between clone and seed uh, for maybe people that are uh, not green thumbs like myself for just getting into this. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so the two ways you can grow cannabis plants. So uh, you can get seed cannabis seeds. Um, and with cannabis seeds, it's kind of a, a rule of the dice. Uh, unless you're getting feminized seeds, then you know that they will grow a mm -hmm. lady and produce bud. Uh, but if you just find like seeds in, in some bud that you got, um, that's a roll of the dice there. Yeah. So it, it could be a male, could be a female. Um, and with that, uh, you, you've got to germinate the, the seed and then you want to, uh, um, put it into like a little, uh, incubator, mm. uh, and, uh, you know, allow it to grow, um, and check on it. They're very finicky. Uh, it's a little bit more work. So the clone that I got, uh, I had a friend who had a, a plant that was, uh, doing well, doing great. It was doing everything it should be doing. And two weeks before uh, he kicked it into the flowering state, he cut off a couple of offshoots mm. uh, at the top part of the plant. And Reuse. Uh, yeah, and you cut them at an angle, and you can uh, you dunk them in a cloning gel and cloning powder, and put them in dirt and uh, give them go. give them some love, and uh, and they boom, you've got another plant. So it's kind of cool that um, technically you could, you know, take one seed, grow a plant. Make a couple clones off that. Yeah. Make a few clones off that. You could build an army of, of well, plants. Well, there's, there's mother plants that have been around for years, right? Yeah. In, in in certain grow ops and things like that. That the people have been doing that for, for many, many years with one plant. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. Some of those mother plants are insured for millions of dollars, too. No kidding, right? Yeah. No kidding. Uh, okay, so once you get into the vegetative state, well, that's where we'll go next. How long is the vegetative state usually? Uh Eight to ten weeks. Uh, I, I went ten weeks on mine. I had a few friends say that I, I left it for a little long, um, but uh, it worked out. It's, it's, it worked out just fine. It just means my, my plant grew a little bit taller than mm -hmm. uh, what it normally would, and it produced 
more bud. All right. Uh, so yeah, t- eight to ten weeks. Uh, it's kind of up to you on that one. I know some friends that have done like you know five weeks. Just kick it. Uh, they want to you know test it out. Uh, they've already made a clone from that plant, and they just want to see how the bud's going to turn out. Wow. It's up to you for that. Uh, the flowering stage is a little bit different. That is more strain specific. Yeah, exactly. And it's, uh, you know, you can find that information on, uh, there's lots of different websites yeah. and things like that that tell you that what, for, for what strain and, 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 you know, the growing cycle, as you, as you might say, right? Yeah. The flower cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Leaf, Leafly has it. If That's you look right. up any strain at the the very bottom of uh, Leafly, mm-hmm. it's got its seed finder is also a Some great lineage website. lineage and things like that yeah. uh, if you want. Okay, so um, nutrients. Uh, obviously, this might be one of the most important things when you are looking at growing at home is making sure that you, A, have nutrients and you have the right kind of nutrients. Mm-hmm. For sure. And and you also may want to make sure you're not uh, giving your plant too much nutrients. Uh, that can tend to happen too. Uh, so with it, I give my nut- my plant nutrients once a week. Uh, I use uh, Green Planet uh, Nutrients. Um I picked up a, a seven pack. It had seven different bottles in it uh, from Hydrolite. Uh, they're an amazing hydroponic store here in Edmonton, just off 99th Street. Awesome. I highly recommend them. Uh, got this pack there though. The staff kind of helped me. Uh, I I went in there and just said, "Hey, I, I'm new," uh, and they were they were super helpful. Uh, awesome. Isn't that great when you walk in with you know even a guy who's you know experienced in cannabis, but you're going to a different. Uh, yeah. kind of uh, industry of cannabis and and they're just like yeah come on in and it's a lot like when you walk into any of the the uh, dispensaries the the retail outlets that you have everybody is welcoming you in and making sure that uh, you know nobody's looking down because you don't know the information that they know right yeah that's i think that's a big part of cannabis culture it seems know? like it yeah you know it's a friendly it, culture yeah man. <laughs> it is i think everyone's just super pumped too that things are legal and yeah. now we're allowed to grow too yeah. uh, so okay so back awesome. to the nutrients then yeah uh so uh with the nutrients um uh the nutrients that i got came with a chart and they've got a you know week one week two week three week four uh for veg and flour uh so i kind of try to follow that as best i can um and with that though um you want your pH or your, your water that when you're giving it nutrients to be in between 5.5 and 6.5. Okay. So I got a, a pH testing kit and I also got some uh, pH down. Um, typically the water here in Edmonton uh, is going to be a higher pH after you add the nutrients. So you're going to need a little pH down. So okay. uh, I'll usually just, my routine is I, I measure out all my newts. Uh, I kind of mix the water up real nice. Um I will do a pH test without putting the pH down in first to see if, if we're good. Uh, sometimes I we're good. Sometimes I'm just a little over, and I'll add a couple of drops of pH down, and it helps. Um, very important, though, with that uh, nutrient burn. That's something we should talk about. Okay. Um, you'll notice on, on your leaves, um, at the very ends and tips of your leaves, uh, it might look a little burnt and kind of like turn to yellow, kind of brownish. Um, that's typically a nutrient burn, and that just means you're getting a little bit overzealous with your newts, and you should just relax a bit and maybe give it uh, water for some some cycles. All right. So we, we kind of mentioned I do the newts once a week. Uh, right. I do water my plant, though, as it's needed throughout the week. Just the newts come. I do my newts on Mondays. Every Monday I, I give my plant newts, mm-hmm. but uh, usually Wednesday, Friday, uh, it'll get a drink of water too. Okay. Usually every other day. Uh, to test for that, I'll uh, stick my fingers in the soil and uh, go down a couple inches and just see if it's dry, it gets a drink. If it's still uh, wet and moist, we're okay. Okay, just like you would do any uh, 
you know, plants around the house, right? You, you check yeah. for uh, if you need to uh, and water it. Um, uh, nutrients and soil, um, they, they obviously kind of go hand in hand, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do. Uh, with that, so for my first grow, um, I was using uh, some Dutch treat soil, just kind of a standard uh, soil I got at the at the hydro store, uh, and it worked well. Um, and that soil has some nutrients in it already. There's you know the little nugs of you know, potassium and, mm-hmm. and nitrate in there, and um, and that's good. That's that that works. And uh, but I'm also giving my plant nutrients in the, in the water as well. So. Uh, I had a good chat with a, a good friend of mine who lives in Kelowna, and he grows. Uh, he's got a license to grow 240 plants. Uh, he's been doing it for over 10 years now, and he's kind of a guru at this. And he had, he had recommended I, I switch my soil out. So um, for my second plant now, I've got a, a clone of blueberry that I'm working on. Nice. And I had it in a, a real small jug, and it definitely needed a transplant. And uh, I had the the Dutch treat dirt, and you know. Uh, as per his recommendation, I went out and got some uh, some coconut husk uh, soil, and with that, it's it's got zero nutrients to it at all. It actually came in a little brick, and uh, I added water to it, a whole bunch of water, and kind of fluffed it up, um, and so no nutrients at all. Um, which you might not think that's a good thing, but it is because mm. now I'm in control of the nutrients that my plant is getting. Um, it's not a roll of the dice with what's already in the soil, right? And that can affect things. You're so. not giving it too much either. Yeah, right? for sure. You, you, we talked earlier about uh, you can you know give too much. It's like overwatering a plant. If you give too much nutrients, you know it's you're gonna go the other way. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so yeah, yeah. I took his advice. I got, I got the stuff. It it's working out great so far. And uh, while we were talking, he sent me a photo of uh, one of his recent grows, and he had a, a can of uh, beer mm-hmm. next to his top cola, and it, you could stack three cans of beer, and it was yeah. one one gigantic bud. Um, so that's, that's, uh, that's amazing. So that's what you're looking forward to. Hopefully. hopefully, Yeah. yeah. Um, now with this and, and growing, um, something is, uh, you know, listen, the, the cannabis plant is very hardy, but it does take maintenance. You have to have, there, there are just things that from start to finish that you need to do either daily, weekly, whatever it might be. What are some general maintenance ideas that, that you've done? Yeah, I've I've got an everyday kind of check on on my plant. Uh, my my plant's like my child, though I, I care about it a lot, so I, I I might check on it a bit much. Uh, you could probably do every every other day, but uh, with my checks though, I will uh, you know unzip the tent, uh, take a look, make sure my fans are still oscillating. Uh, I'll check the soil for water. If it needs a drink, I'll give it a drink. Um, I don't think I've talked about this yet. Uh, when I check on it in the vegetative state, uh, I have a little spray bottle, uh, and I will talk to my plant, see how she's doing, and while I'm doing that, I'll give her some sprays of water, mm. uh, just to. It's kind of misting it, right? Mis- misting it, yeah. And um, I was told they they like that, and you know, my last growth worked well, so uh, I do that in the vegetative state. I do not do that in the flowering state, though, because uh, okay. as buds are forming, you want to keep. Uh, moisture off moisture of it, yeah. off of it for sure, and let's prevent that mold, right? So, right. Um, so I do that. Um, discolored leaves too. Uh, if I have time, like on a on a fuller check, uh, I will get my clippers, and uh, if I see any like you know yellow leaves or any discolored stuff that you know doesn't need to be there, that's soaking up the water nutrients from uh, from the it. good stuff. I, I clip it off. Okay. Uh, for sure. I also like to keep my tent nice and clean. 
Uh, it's important to have a, a real sterile environment, as sterile mm-hmm. as you can get. I've seen some sketchier grow grow shows where it's, you know, it, it makes me not want to smoke that bud. <laughs> uh, well, there's a reason uh, you've talked about some of the LPs that you visited that you can you know, almost eat off the floor, yeah. right? Because uh, they want a pristine environment for what they're growing. Yeah, yeah, it's important. Uh, so that should be the same at home too. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Like when I... Uh, you wear gloves when mm-hmm. I when I handled my my buds too when I was uh, harvest, harvesting. So, okay. So, um, any more on general maintenance, or you want to move on to topping and uh, and fimming? Topping and fimming is kind of a neat part of uh, cannabis plants. So when they're in the vegetative state and growing, um, you can actually go to the one of the top nodes and and cut it off. And it seems a little silly to do that. Uh, but what you're doing is you're, you're cutting it off there, you're stressing the plant, and, and two more are going to grow in its place. Um, so you're going to end up getting, instead of that one top cola that you removed, uh, now you're going to have two of them. All right, explain fimming. Fimming. Uh, so fimming's a, kind of a different version of, of topping. Uh, it's you know not quite all the way topping it, so you're going to leave a little bit of that node there and kind of really disrupt the plant, and um, depending on how you did your fim you know up to five uh five new shoots will grow from that wow yeah that's impressive uh and you're just getting more bud uh in the end when you can do that uh mm-hmm. awesome okay so we get to the flowering state how long and, and this is where you mentioned you stop misting because you want to keep moisture away the flowering state it's kind of hard to say how long how because it depended mm-hmm. on the strain how what was your flowering uh state like for Hindu Kush? Uh, yeah, for Hindu Kush, it was uh, 63 days. So uh, I did a uh, nine week flowering. Um, and with that, so uh, with that too, when you've got your, your chart for your nutrients, um, let's say that, you know, your chart only goes up to eight weeks. And, and according to your chart, it, they, they say you're, you're, you should be uh, flushing okay. uh, your nutrients by, by week seven and week eight. And that's it. Um, if you're growing for nine or 10 weeks, um, I would add in a couple of uh, midweeks. Like, so I would duplicate, you know, weeks uh, four and five um, to spread it out. Okay. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, with nutrients too, I, I don't know that we talked about flushing it. So no, uh, no. yeah, that's important. Uh, real important too. Um, the last couple of weeks of um, before you cut your plant down, uh, you want to remove the nutrients and, and flush it. So you just want to give it straight water. Okay, and then uh, it'll just get rid of it on its own. Yeah, and so that'll kind of give your cannabis, the the buds won't have uh, that kind of chemically taste to them. Okay, that's good. Yeah, it's important. Uh, and so then now you're in the uh, flowering state. Um, you're, you're getting all your stuff ready. Uh, you're preparing for your uh, cut day. Uh, a calendar in this instance is, is pretty important to make sure you're not missing any steps, right? Yeah, it is. It is. I probably should have mentioned that in the general maintenance. Having a calendar is important uh, for, you know, day one, when you got your plant, um, when are you giving it nutrients and, you know, make I, I, I would write nutrients and then I would do a check right after. Perfect. So yeah. I did give it nutrients that day. Um, I will also mark when I gave it water too. Uh, Smart. Just put a W on you that. You can monitor that, that, right? As, you know, how much it usually takes or things yeah. like that. Yeah, for sure. It's good to kind of keep stats on that to mm-hmm. to see that okay, what what worked well and what didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the the cut date too, though, um, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna mark your cut date. So I know that uh, I kicked it into the flowering state on September first. 
um, 63 days from, from that date is going to be my cut date. And yeah. I'll, I'll mark that on the calendar. You know that you got to line up some buddies, uh, whatever else, that the help that you need gives you lots of time to say, this is the date I'm doing it. Clear your schedule, boys and girls. We're going to we're gonna do some uh, trimming and stuff. Yeah, harvest party. Yeah, harvest party. I like that as well. It's like... Uh, you know, people used to be like, oh, I'll buy you a case of beer to help me move. Well, no, come over and uh, help me harvest and we'll share the wealth later on. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, okay, so cut day. Um, before you get to that, uh, there's a little trimming you can do, right? Yeah, for sure. You're going to want to trim it up. Um, uh, leading up to the end of your flowering state, you're going to start to uh, trim off. And, and actually the fan leaves, those are the bigger uh, leaves. Um they, and they won't be have any crystals on them. They're, they're, there's sugar leaves that are closer to the buds. Uh, those are cool. You want to leave those on there. But all the fan leaves, uh, all the big leaves, you want to cut them right at the stem, remove them. Uh, towards the end of your flowering state, though, a lot of them will start to turn yellow. And that's when you know that you're approaching uh, the cut day. It's kind of like your, your plant thinks it's fall. Mm. Yeah, that's the idea with the, the lighting change, too, where, you know, you go from vegetative state of 18 hours of light and six hours of darkness to... Uh, the flowering state of 12 hours of right. light and 12 hours of darkness, the plant thinks it's fall, so it needs to push its butt out. Okay, so um, we've got that. We're at the cut day. Tell us about cut day. Cut day, cool. Uh, so yeah, for my cut day, I had a couple buddies come by. I, I tried to set things up uh, as, as best I could. We had a little, you know, a little cut area, and um, yeah, we just cut the the offshoots off, um, give it a little clean uh, trim. Uh, and then we, we hung uh, the stems uh, with the buds on them to dry. Um, I chose to, to dry in my the same tent that I grew in. Uh, I like the idea of a closed quarter for, for drying. Um, that I feel is important. And plus I've got a, the filter and fans going in there too, so the air circulates. It's all set up, yeah. And it worked out well. I, I did it for 10 days. I dried for 10 days. And uh, to test it, to know when you're done drying, um, you're going to want to see if the branches will snap. Um, because leading up to that, they're just going to bend as you try, uh, a nice clean snap and, and you're good to go. And from there, you're going to, you're going to want to cure it. Uh, the reason I say a smaller room is, is more ideal. Uh, I do have a friend of mine who, uh, he cut, uh, cut down his, uh, four plants and, um, he was drying them in his garage that kind of worked best for his scenario. And they've been drying for a month. Yeah, uh, too big of an area. Too big of an area. I also, I'm concerned with uh, cold, like the frosty mornings of, you know, condensation kind of seeping in there. It's just like they've been hang drying for uh, a month and the stems are still mm -hmm. like squishy and there's still like water in there. So not good. Uh, I've tried to make my recommendations to him. Uh, he's... <laughs> He's uh, set in his ways. Uh, I told him to move it into a, a smaller area, but uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm on to my second grow here, and it's, All right. it's going well. One thing uh, just to mention is that when you're hanging it, you're hanging it upside down. Yeah, for sure. Hang it upside down. Uh, reason being, uh, within the stems uh, of your plant, there is some some of that good stuff in there. So you want it to kind of drip down and, and uh, trickle drip, through the plant, trickle through into the buds that are yeah. at the very end. All right, so we're checking it every day. You know it's dry when it snaps off. That's when you get into the uh, curing stage, and and you did that out here. You you have it in your jars because, mm -hmm. especially in the first week, it's about a two week process. But in the first week, it's really really important. Uh, tell us about burping. 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. So um, you're gonna take your cannabis and you're gonna jar it up once uh, once you've dried it. You're gonna pull pull off all the buds off of the stems at this point and put them into jars. Uh, when I did mine, I did uh, a reserve jar. That was all my top cola stuff. I had a mid mid range jar and I had a lower jar. And, um, you don't have to go that route. You can just do, hey, this is all my bud from mm -hmm. my plant. Um, it's up to you. Um, but uh, with that, um, for the first week, yeah, I, I, I open it, uh, the jar up. I uh, give it a shake. I allow new air to circulate through. Sometimes I'll blow into it and kind of uh, push all the, the stale, stale air out. Get the yeah. stale air out for sure. Um, and then reseal it. Um, I do have uh, Bovita packs in, in them as well to kind of uh, control the, uh, the moisture too. Um, so yeah, that first week, three to four times a day. So I did find myself kind of carrying uh, my jars around with me because I, I work mm -hmm. some, some all day and then got plans in the evening and I get home at midnight and I left at 7 a.m. I, I need to burp my babies. That's so, right. So they came with me to... <laughs> to a lots of places. They came out places. here one day. Yeah. Uh, so three to four times a day for the first week. When you get to the second week, uh, still important to do it, but you don't have to do it as uh, the frequency isn't as much. Yeah, once a day works. Um, and they say, you know, minimum cure it for two weeks is is definitely ideal, uh, but you should go longer if you, if you can be patient about it. Mm -hmm. I'm planning to cure mine for four weeks. Uh, I am at the two-week stage now, so I have tried it out, uh, and I don't quite think it's there yet, so I'm gonna Good. cure it for two more weeks and still continue to burp it. There you go. And uh, be patient with it. <laughs> All right, so that's, uh, you get to that stage and you can test it out. If it's ready, you can go with it. You can keep going and uh, then you're ready to do it. I'm, I'm looking forward to you bringing some Hindu Kush uh, grown by Chris Ionson out here at some point. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring some next time I, I come out for sure. All right. Um, here's the other thing. If you are interested in uh, learning even more about growing, there's a great uh, Instagram account to follow. It's at GrowNightYEG. And uh, the Rosin Bros were telling us about this uh, last week. Uh, Monday nights at uh, the uh, the Orange Hall, which is down in Strathcona, yeah. uh, they do... Uh, um, you know, growing tips and things like that. The Rosin Bros uh, were there pressing last night. So uh, there's lots of great information out there if you want even more information about getting into it. I'm definitely going to check these out at Grow Night Y-E-G on uh, Instagram. And, uh, you know, it's great that you can share your knowledge. These guys can share their knowledge. Uh, where you picked up your equipment, they share their knowledge. Yeah. The more that's out there, the more you know and the more you grow. Absolutely, and you said it. All right. Thanks so much, Chris. Uh, we'll get to uh, What's That Strain in just a little bit. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dean. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. All right. As mentioned, we gave David Wiley of uh, Okanagan Z dot com slash oz uh, the week off uh, but you can subscribe to their uh, newsletter their email newsletter and check out uh, all the big news in cannabis on the website uh, the one story i came across uh, on uh, yahoo.com in their finance uh, section is uh, there is a uh, company in canada claiming to have odorless marijuana say what wait what Odorless weed. Um, yeah, so it's Cannab Co. Pharmaceutical Corp., a Brampton, Ontario company, uh, awaiting a production license from Health Canada, and they claim to have technology that virtually eliminates the telltale smells when cannabis is smoked and stored. 
Uh, I would not like that. <laughs> I, and you know what? I love uh, Dan Sutton from Tantalus Labs uh, replied uh, on a tweet uh, today about this saying, uh, we are the exact opposite of this. Uh, part of the beauty of the cannabis plant is uh, the amazing smells uh, that come with it. Um, and it's that you don't have to hide it anymore. Um, you know, you, you, uh, you're not going to have it uh, in the front seat of your car when you're driving. Uh, so don't, uh, you have it in your trunk. But when you're at home, you don't have to hide it. Uh, it's not a bad thing anymore. Enjoy the aroma. Explore it. Uh, so I'm not crazy about, uh, I, I, I wouldn't go out of my way to uh, to grab anything uh, that is uh, odorless uh, cannabis. So uh, yeah, I'm uh, not really into that sort of, uh, sort of thing. I love the smell of it and uh, I don't really give a crap. Who knows uh, that I, uh, that I do enjoy it. Uh, all right. Uh, of course you, you respect where you are and uh, if you're at somebody's house and they ask you, they're the homeowner, and they ask you not to uh, consume it, then that's their right. How about this? Uh, Canadian ca- cannabis tourism is uh, being held back, according uh, to a uh, cbc.ca article. Um, uh, marketers, uh, experts are saying that the rules should be relaxed. Uh, Rick Moscone is the co-chair of the Canadian Marketing uh, uh, Association, and he's uh, working on a group on uh, cannabis. Uh, He says, uh, a quote, the wine connoisseur is in some ways not very different than the cannabis connoisseur. And and listen, um, I've been banging this drum uh, for a long time. I talked to Anne McClellan a few episodes ago about this. Why is cannabis being treated like tobacco instead of alcohol? Or treat them all the same. But let's not hide it. Let's not uh, make people think this is something to be shameful of. Uh, if, you, if you're okay with your kids seeing a beer ad, you should be okay with your kids seeing a cannabis ad. It's so much better for you anyway. But cannabis and tourism is having problems because of strict laws around marketing cannabis. Uh, promoting pot to other jurisdictions, especially internationally, is tricky. Respecting visitors' beliefs and uh, the, the moral impact. That's what people are, are discussing. But... Man, oh man, um, we need to, like, we are an entire country that has legalized and we are not taking at all advantage of it. And I know at times you have to be patient, but we're handcuffing businesses in Canada by doing this. Um, You know, there are cannabis-friendly lodging and things like that, but the rules around uh, marketing are so strict that some of these places uh, and some of these tours are having problems getting it any attention. Um, there was a, a, a one person that is going to do a, a, a cruise, a cannabis cruise in uh, Windsor. And uh, I'm sure they're probably running into some uh, issues as well when it comes to try to marketing their events. All right, another story. Uh, this is on the uh, global website, uh, the uh, headline. Only 44 Canadians have been given cannabis pardons under the new system. So when this came in, the uh, federal government decided uh, against just uh, kind of like uh, wiping out uh, the the records of people that uh, are in jail uh, because of cannabis possession. About 250,000 Canadians, according to this article, are thought to have Prohibition-era records for simple possession of marijuana. So... Right now, only 44 of the over 70 people who have applied have been gone through this uh, program. And uh, the federal government is saying some of it is uh, because the applications were wrong. Uh, But this just does not seem 
like it uh, should be working like it should be. Um, There is a lot of restrictions even with this scenario where sometimes you have to be in person where the uh, offense took place. Well, what if you moved across the country? Anyway, it's a cumbersome process. It's a lot of work and sometimes very expensive for people uh, because they have to find those records and uh, not everybody, uh, those records sometimes aren't available uh, very easily. So uh, this has not been a smooth process, uh, especially when you, you now look at something being legal that they are in uh, prison or, or have a, a record for. And, and obviously the last story uh, that we're going to look at is one that's uh, been garnering a lot of attention in the United States um, and now in Canada. Uh, vaping concerns in Canada are growing uh, as uh, we get set to legalize in season two. Here's what I will say about this. You know, a wave of illnesses and deaths in the U.S. have been linked to vaping products. Those are black market products. If you get something that you know you get it from a registered store when you come to December, you you know what? If you can't wait, then you're you're unfortunately kind of making a deal with the devil in the black market, and you don't know what you're going to get. If you get it properly from a store, you know all the stuff that goes into it. So I would just say I know a lot of people have concerns about vaping. I do not think we are going to see the things we are seeing in the United States when season two gets here in December. I think these are all going to be um, restricted by Health Canada in what can go in them, and we will not see some of the garbage that they are finding on the black market in the vapes in the United States. So while there may be concerns and Great that uh, that guy in the United States is going after uh, cigarette vapes and flavored vapes in the U.S. and assault rifles uh, are okay. Anyway, that's getting off topic. But I would not have the concerns people are having over vapes because I know when it is regulated in Canada, there will not be dangerous chemicals in there. They will not be cutting corners like the black market dealers do to make more money. So I would not have those concerns when it comes to vaping. That's a wrap on this week in Cannabis News. You got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. (laughs) It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Time now for Cannabis Characters. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Celebrating the best from fictional 420 film. Hey, I am your (laughs) soda. And beyond. All right, on Cannabis Characters this week, I'm going with a, uh, a guy who uh, has been played by many different people. Uh, I sound like uh, Commandant Lassard from uh, Police Academy. Many, many different people. Uh, but I'm going with a guy by the name of Shaggy. Yeah, you, you know who Shaggy is from, of course, Scooby-Doo. And listen, uh, I don't think uh, there was ever an episode, in, in, uh, unless I really uh, missed something, where the Scooby, Jang, Scooby gang actually uh, sparked up. But man, when you look at the Scooby gang and you look uh, particularly at Shaggy, you know uh, that they had something going on. 
uh, when it comes to the beautiful plant of cannabis. And Shaggy, actually, he was involved in the Cannabis Character Cup that we have going. He took out Randall Pink Floyd from Dazed and Confused in the first round uh, by 10%. And then he went down to uh, Jay uh, from uh, Clerks, uh, played by Jason Muse. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob, uh, and they got a new one coming out. Uh, so Shaggy uh, did not make it out of the uh, second round, uh, but man, here's a couple of things. Like, just listen to this clip, and it kind of tells you all you need to know uh, that Shaggy uh, was into the herb. I said we're lost in a fog. You buzzed? No, Shaggy. Go back to sleep. Sleep nothing. I'm fixing me a super Shaggy sandwich. All right, and so that guy... Um, always was eating man he clearly had the munchies all the time you know he was scared all the time maybe he was uh uh hearing things that weren't there this guy he you know you, you know shaggy was uh into the herb in a great way and enjoying themselves solving mysteries so uh it was uh, voiced originally by uh, casey Kasem, and uh you know the uh, scooby gang uh, even even fred even Fred probably smoked the odd joint, which is probably a good thing he, he didn't do it a lot because he was driving a lot of the time. Uh, but Daphne and Velma, yeah, they I, I bet you they rolled really, really good, uh, tight, tight joints. So uh, not a lot of clips today. I'm having a little editing uh, problem. So uh, that's the, uh, the one clip of uh, Shaggy that we'll go with as our uh, cannabis character. And make sure you check out the Cannabis Character Cup daily at the Cannabis 101 Twitter account. What's that strain? Let's find out with Chris Ionson, Nova Cannabis store manager and educator. Another edition of What's That Strain with Chris Ionson, our educator and the store manager of the off-white location for Nova Cannabis. And uh, thanks for uh, sticking around. We uh, talked a little bit about growing 101 earlier, and that was uh, really exciting. And I'm, I'm looking forward to really getting into the uh, growing game. But uh, the main reason you are here is for What's That Strain? And thanks very much for sticking around, buddy. Yeah, thanks for uh, keeping me here, Dean. <laughs> no problem at all. <laughs> Happy to be here. And again, I apologize for my uh, my voice that is uh, strained a little bit, but I'm really excited uh, for today's strain. Um, we're doing a serratus, which is an indica uh, from Tantalus Labs. And, and I'll just say quickly, they have a blue dream strain that is off the charts. I've had it before, so I'm really looking forward to this strain today. And, and let's start with Tantalus Labs because they have a great story. Yeah, uh, great story. Uh, so they're a licensed producer uh, out of Vancouver, the Vancouver area, um, in the Fraser Valley specifically. Uh, real neat company though. Um, Dan Sutton is their CEO and founder. Uh, he's a very passionate cannabis enthusiast. Uh, I was lucky enough to meet him. He came by my store and introduced himself to uh, me and my staff, and, and everybody just loved him. He's just uh, an animated character, loves cannabis, loves um, the cannabis culture. You know, he, He's kind mm. of the cannabis everyman, and he runs this company. So uh, really awesome guy. He's on my list of people to smoke a joint with. At he's some on point. my list of people to get on this show, too, because uh, he, right? as you mentioned, has an extreme passion for just, it sounds like making sure things are done right across the board, not just with Tantalus Labs, with every company. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
and with with the tennis labs too they're they're very concerned about like the carbon fiber uh, footprint uh, their carbon footprint of of their company um you know in terms of like waste and uh, you know pollution like they really care about that so uh real kind of forward moving company uh super cool yeah they they actually uh, have a, a negative uh, uh, carbon uh, footprint because uh, they actually bring in uh, more CO2 than they put out. A little bit like a, a giant hemp plant almost. So uh, you have to really commend this company. And, um, you know, they want everybody to do that. And they will also give you uh, advice and instructions on to do what they do. You can you can build your own sun lab and we're gonna get into that, but so cool on their website, they'll give you instructions on how to do it yourself. Yeah, yeah, on, on their website, uh, yeah, they've got a little like nano sun lab, uh, like f- floor plans on, on how to build your own uh, mini greenhouse that's uh, sust- sustainable. So uh, really cool guys there. Um, kind of a quote I found on their website uh, that I, I thought was neat is, uh, Cultivating world-class cannabis should not come at the risk of destroying our planet. Wow. So, like, that's, uh, they really do care about that. And, uh, you know, they're all about, you know, advancing the frontier of cannabis. So, um, just a super cool cannabis company that, you know, they're, they're not too big yet, too, which I like. They're not, you know, all over the place. They're focusing in, in BC, mm-hmm. uh, and they're proud of that. And, and they're growing the right way. Uh, they're not trying to get too big too fast. They're trying to do things properly. And that's where uh, Sun Lab One uh, comes in, which is uh, such a cool concept uh, uh, for for what they did. Tell us about Sun Lab One. Mm-hmm, for sure, that's that's on my list of uh, facilities to tour too. Uh, and I I got an invite, so uh, hopefully uh, nice. next time I'm out in the Fraser Valley, I'm gonna try and drop Dan set in the line and get that tour because it it looks like an amazing facility I checked out some videos on mm. it online and, and so it's a 120,000 square foot facility it took them four years to build um, in the Fraser Valley um, and currently they're working on uh, doing an addition they're looking to bring an extra 50,000 square feet uh, but they're in the process of working that out um, but this Sun lab uh, is is they're setting the standard for uh, environmentally controlled greenhouses. So uh, within this Sun Lab, um, they've got a system that monitors the cultivation environment um, to make sure that everything is, is operating properly. And if it isn't, uh, the workers are known and, and changes are made. Um, the air in the greenhouse is cycled away uh, every seven minutes. So wow. no stale air, that helps with pests too. Um, the uh, exhaust air that, that leaves their facility is filtered and scrubbed to eliminate odor. Odor. So if you're standing there in the parking lot, uh, it's not going to smell like uh, like a big grow-up. You there. wouldn't know. Yeah, so uh, I think that's pretty Good neat. for their neighbors, right? Yeah, the neighbors got to love that for sure. Uh, so there, that's cool. Um, this part I thought was neat. Uh, it's a lot. They've got a big reservoir in the Sun Lab facility that uh, can hold up to 5.3 million liters of, of rainwater, uh, which they will triple triple filter and and give to their plants. So again, there they're not using you know tap water or right. you know distilled water. They're they're collecting uh, rainwater. No fluoride, no chlorine, anything, uh, any products. It's just rainwater uh, filtered out, and they're pesticide free as well. Like uh, they. They che- uh, check every box and then some when it comes to being like, certified organic, you know, that term that's out there. They are f- so far above that level, it's not even funny. And, and obviously uh, uh, an industry leader in that regard. Yeah, big time. I, I'd say the, the leader, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion, from what I've heard. Um, 
big big thing about them too is that they support their local community so um uh, a lot of their workers are from bc from the the delta uh, the fraser valley area right um and they're real big on that the term bc bud dan sutton uh is a big fan of that term and, and they're proud of it uh, you know you go anywhere in the world and people you know refer to good cannabis as oh it's that bc bud right uh, and that's that's british columbia like it doesn't stand for anything else than british columbia canada man so yeah it's, it's something to be proud of it is really amazing and in, in we do weed word of the day on this show every week and just different terms of cannabis and, and and it's amazing the amount of times i come across the term bc bud and and what it's referring to is just really good weed like yeah. it doesn't matter where it's from it's just oh that's some good bc bud well it could be from california but it's just a term bc bud means great weed and they're trying to keep that term alive here at uh, tantalus labs yeah for sure um something notable too we should talk about um um, their gross revenue, they had an increase of 360% uh, from quarter one to quarter two of, of 2019. So mm -hmm. uh, trending in the right direction. That's a, that's a pretty good increase in uh, in revenue there. So Yeah, they are, uh, you know, advancing. I think their mission is to advance the frontier of uh, cannabis. And uh, they're known as, uh, what were they known as in the uh, the cannabis interest? It's, it's a pretty impressive yeah. uh, name to be known for. Yeah, the uh, the Tesla of cannabis. That's amazing. Yeah, that's that, pretty. You awesome. know, that's a pretty good compliment uh, when you can uh, when you can get that. Now they're also looking ahead to season two, aren't they? Uh, with a uh, an extraction extraction partnership. Yeah, totally, Dean. Uh, Valens Growwork uh, is a, a new partner that's partnering up with uh, Tantalus Labs. They're going to be doing vape pens, oils, and beverages. Uh, in in phase two here in December. Oh, that is good. And, and for that, you can find a lot of the information at www.tantalislabs.ca. They have strains that they have listed. They have apparel. They have accessories. Uh, where to buy? And they have these cool cannabis conversation little videos yeah. that they make. So another cool website to to check out and learn more about this uh, this company in depth. And uh, listen, this is such a new industry, Chris, that you have to have i think a pretty strong website presence to you know in this day and age uh, mm -hmm. people's uh you know the the uh the span of listening or paying attention is so fast you got to be able to grab them and they have a really cool website where they have a lot of great information yeah definitely worth checking out uh, and the, the videos on there are really cool those cannabis conversations with dan sutton mm -hmm. where he talks about their their different strains and the reasons why they grew grow these strains are uh, very cool to see mm -hmm. uh, and the tour of sun labs is also a really neat video too Awesome. So tantaluslabs.ca. Um, okay, so we always talk about the history of these strains. This this time it's going to be a short conversation. Mm -hmm. For sure. So serratus, uh, which we've got today, uh, indicalinian strain, that's a proprietary strain that Tantalus Labs uh, invented. So they're not sharing uh, lineage of it, so we're not too sure about what it is. We know it's an indica. Mm -hmm. um, that's about it. That's about it. Uh, I do know a little bit about the name sure. here. Um, so uh, within the Fraser Valley, uh, there is uh, Serratus was named after the Serratus Mountain, uh, which is a jagged ridge-like mountain in between Mount Tantalus and Lake Lovely Water. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, I guess kind of a local local name heritage mm -hmm. there. Uh, you know, and the, the mountain range is uh, like a serrated edge a bit, uh, too. So uh, there, there's that factor that obviously goes into the name, right? Yeah. Yeah. For uh, sure. THC levels. What are we looking at with this? Uh, these uh, pre-rolls that I picked up? 
Yeah, so the pre-rolls that we've got are, uh, they came in at 13.95% THC and less than zero on the CBD. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of a mid-range THC there. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about the look, um, you know, this goes along with them trying to have, uh, an, a, you know, a, a, as good a carbon footprint as possible. These are some of the uh, the best packaging that we've seen as far as not being too big and that's obviously been the one big complaint other than the the supply shortage early on the one common is packaging this is pretty tight it is i don't know that you could there's really not much more room for anything other than three half gram joints in this it it looks like a stick of chapstick Mm -hmm. pretty much um yeah so it's tight um and and appreciated uh we get a lot of comments at the store level of people saying how they love the the tight packaging you know, when someone comes in to buy a one gram package, it shouldn't come in a box and a tub and, and, you know, you need a bag for shouldn't it. Shouldn't need help carrying yeah. it to your car. Yeah, totally. Shouldn't be that uh, Flintstones <laughs> brontosaurus burger in your uh, car or whatever. Yeah. So I like the packaging on this one. Now, these are, uh, these are pre-rolls that I grabbed this time, but you, you've seen uh, what this bud looks like in, in its, uh, I guess, non-pre-roll form i don't even know what the uh, term would be but uh, tell us what it looks like for sure so the stuff that i got uh we had really nice like chunky buds um good size to them um real kind of like two two shades of green and light orange pistols um the kind of the memorable thing was uh, the excellent trichome coverage Mm -hmm. so it was really caked in crystals um which is that's what i look for in good cannabis <laughs> yeah i love seeing that dusting of uh, trichomes yeah, on there for sure. um, because then you know it's going to be good when you enjoy it now and if you use uh, a grinder that catches it you get a little bit of fun later on as well with uh mm-hmm. with some uh, crystals all right uh, terpene time what are the uh, three that main ones that we're looking at yeah the three main ones are uh pining Karyophyllene and and myrcene. So pinene is going to make it uh, smell and taste like pine. Karyophyllene, your fave. Yes, <laughs> spice to it. Yeah, the spice and the pepper, and then the myrcene is cloves. And that's uh, myrcene is uh, this is an indica. Uh, myrcene is um, the the terpene that uh, makes you a little bit sleepy. Uh, not necessarily couch lock all the time, but uh, does have a a, a very uh, sedative effect almost. Yeah, it does. Uh, but th- with that, it's kind of a generalization. It's it's overall that's the effect. That I I have encountered people though where True. their endocannabinoid system you know reacts differently to myrcene. Uh, where I Good guess point. it's important to mention everyone is unique. That's right. Um, and. Generally, though, if you get a cannabis with a lot of mercy in it, you're going to be hitting the couch and, and not wanting to get off it. Yeah, everybody is uh, certainly different uh, uh, when it comes to that. All right, uh, desired effect. Uh, we know this is an indica. Is this a, a heavy-hitting indica that's going to put you on the couch like we did uh, you know, recently? No, no, it's not. Um, it's more of a... It's kind of a little bit lighter on that for sure. Uh, there are great body effects with mm-hmm. with the serratus strain, uh, but there's a bit more of a, a head buzz that goes with it. Uh, it doesn't really mellow you out too too much. I've had fun with serratus. All right, so maybe maybe a good after dinner strain. Finish yeah. uh, eating. Uh, you don't want something that's going to knock you out. Maybe something just to relax and watch a TV show or play a board game or something like that. It's uh, it's not going to totally throw you onto the couch, but it is going to mellow you down. But you can still get some stuff done and hang out. Yeah, that's that's perfect, Dean. Actually, uh, I think that's a, a great way to describe it. All right, I'm looking forward to that. Okay, so uh, the taste test, I'm going to uh, sample this, but before I do, I've been having a lot of problems with, uh, you know, whether I get pre-rolls or I roll them myself, the joints turning into canoes. 
Mm -hmm. You're going to help me out with a solution to that. And hopefully people can be able to follow along at home listening about how maybe you can avoid a joint canoeing. And for anybody that doesn't know, it's basically when the top half of the joint burns away and the bottom half along with the papers are still there and it looks like a canoe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, we also call that a run. Okay. Uh, this joint's got a run. Okay. Uh, like a nylon almost. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, I guess for, first thing, uh, let's say you're buying a, a store-bought pre-roll. Uh, and I, I'll share this with people over the till as I'm you know, selling them a pre-roll I mentioned to uh, to grab your joint by the by the filter uh, with the kind of the cannabis face towards the ceiling. Mm -hmm. And you're just going to tap it down on the table a few times okay. uh, pretty lightly. But what you're doing is you're um, kind of uh, all the smaller uh, chunks of cannabis are going to... Um, go down to the bottom and all the big ones are going to stay to the top. Uh, it just helps with the run, uh, okay. helps prevent a run. Uh, that's definitely one uh, one thing I encourage everyone to do with, with all your uh, pre-rolled uh, joints because mm -hmm. uh, a lot of them are machine rolled. Uh, so you need a little bit of a human touch before putting sure. fire to it. Uh, step two for sure is uh, checking out how, how tightly it's packed if it's not if it's a little it seems a little loose i will uh go up and give it uh, maybe one or two more twists and i will do the uh, the sugar packet mm -hmm. shake it like a sugar packet uh, so, like you're putting sugar in your coffee right yeah so shake that up give it a couple more twists tighten it up uh and then i guess the, the another important thing is is lighting your joint too so a lot of people will just you know throw a joint in their mouth uh put fire to it and and, and suck away yeah uh i i i definitely my ritual with joints and and i'm gonna light this one for you here okay, so good. uh uh is i i will hold it under fire for a little while uh and i spin it around too okay so you're not you're holding it in your hand you're not it's not in your mouth right now obviously you wouldn't be able to talk but <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. totally so yeah it doesn't go into my mouth until i get it like fully lit and ready to go so uh, we're just holding it to the fire here and I, I just kind of spin it around nice burning. and slow. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to get an equal burn. Um, and you're usually going to need to tap the, uh, the twist part. That's right. just straight paper. Yeah. Uh, and I'll do it a couple times too. I just want to make sure that it's nice and even. And then I will get it going. Nice. And so with that too, I mean, while we're talking about uh, pre-roll, I guess, etiquette, or maybe not etiquette, but just maintenance on how to get them to, to smoke properly, uh, I should mention um, some of the one gram joints that I've bought in, in, at the, in the stores um, have come in a little tight. Okay. And so what I've done with those ones uh, is I, I cut the, the tip of the paper off uh, at the very end of the joint um un, un, unroll it a bit so i can see the cannabis in there and i'll get a a pin a very fine pin and i will stab it right down the middle of the joint nice uh, and we call that uh putting in a grenade pin pulling the pin <laughs> and then you pull the pin when you're ready to smoke and you've created a, a chamber for the air to kind of travel through and it'll create a much better smoke that way so that's kind of a another neat trick uh if you find your joints are have been too tight too that you've tight, bought yeah. um and hopefully we'll get to a point where the, you know, these pre-rolls are perfect and there aren't any runs. But yeah. for now, I mean, even just regular rolled uh, joints are going to run too. Uh, not necessarily just store-bought ones. Um, well, this one isn't. Yeah, it's doing well. Good job. Good yeah. job. You know, Good job, Tantalus Labs. Yeah, here's a funny story. When legalization first happened, well, not first, but I went in December at one point. And I went into, uh, actually, I came to your store and you guys were out of pre-rolls. And I went to a bunch of other stores and everybody was out of pre-rolls. This is before I'd met you. Yeah. And I'm like, how, how can you run out of pre-rolls? Just have a guy in the back rolling. Like, remember Kramer <laughs> and Seinfeld rent out the Dominicans make the, uh, the, cigars. the cigars and they were too tight <laughs> yeah. or whatever. But I'm like, well, I don't get this. How can you just not hire like 
really good joint rollers and yeah. have them back. Not knowing that they all came pre-packaged, <laughs> I thought everybody was just in the back rolling joints. So <laughs> yeah. the more you learn about the industry, <laughs> yeah. right? Our joint rollers are way on his coffee break, yeah, exactly. so we're we, out of pre-rolls for the next little We bit. can't do that. Okay, so uh, there there is definitely a strong pepper taste in that for sure. That's, that's really evident and, and i look forward to that each time uh, tell me what else uh, I'm, I'm tasting in there and uh, you know what our listeners can uh, expect uh for sure so yeah peppery's it was definitely prevalent uh earthy and kind of woodsy too um with like light notes of kind of melon and citrus in there too yeah um in the yeah. In, in the exhale yeah certainly a melony like a fruity uh, uh sweet sweet a bit of a sweet taste so yeah I like that. Uh, uh, smells a bit um, musky. I, I think we would we would say, and yeah. um, you know, uh, with with a, a fruity uh, fruity smell as well. When you uh, just to kind of open the pre rolls and you smell them out, definitely that musk earthy taste comes at you. Yeah, for sure. All right, so I, I like this, uh, and I like that uh, we gave a little bit of advice on uh, how to make sure your pre-rolls uh, burn evenly. Uh, tap a little bit on the filter on a table, shake it like a sugar packet. If you have to pull the pin, you can do that. So uh, <laughs> some great advice. But this uh, uh, pre-roll of Serratus from Tantalus Labs uh, didn't need hardly any of that. It was actually perfect, burns beautiful, yeah. tastes great. High-quality canvas. High-quality. And you know what? When, when you hear, as we just discussed, the amount of... Uh, work, passion, and energy they put into it, you would expect uh, high quality coming back at you. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Industry leaders, for sure. That's Serratus uh, from Tantalus Labs. Uh, you can check them out online at www.tantaluslabs.ca. All right, you're done for the night, Chris. Uh, you've, <laughs> you've done enough work. Thanks very much. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for having me, Dean. Time now for... Tools of the trade. Is this a dream? The latest and greatest in cannabis accessories. All right, in uh, Tools of the Trade, I'm uh, talking storage containers uh, today. Uh, now, um, a glass jar, dark, cool space with a humidity pack in there, I think is uh, the absolute best. I use mason jars at home. Uh, you can uh, get the, not the big ones, uh, depending on how much you want to put in there or how much you have, uh, but that's what I use. I throw some humidity packs in them and uh, keep them, um, uh, you know, out of light in a, in a uh, dark, uh, not, doesn't have to be cold, but it just, it's just so much better than, uh, than the plastic. Uh, there are several companies that make storage devices that are smell proof and you can travel with them. So that's good. Um, as for when you're done, uh, like if you're vaping, uh, I keep my AVB, which is already vaped bud, in a glass jar. Um, but I want to get those duff jars from 7th Floor Vapes. I don't know if you've seen them, but you basically stick the uh, the whip or the wand uh, when you're done into a, a hole and you just blow the already vaped bud into your jar through the whip that you just smoked with. And and some people say, the reason I, that I keep it is some people say you should keep your already vaped bud and use it in edibles. So I am going to, uh, again, some something I want to talk to a chef about uh, when it comes to that. Is it even worth it? Uh, but uh, as far as uh, Ziploc bags, yeah, I just, they're just not good. They don't keep uh, the, the flavor in, the taste. Your weed gets dry, so it just does not do good things to your bud. So uh, just... Mason jars aren't uh, cheap or aren't expensive. Um, you know, you don't have to go out and buy a, just a cool brand new brand name, but you can if you're into that. I have a Cheech and Chong one because uh, I'm a big fan of those dudes. Um, but eh, 
you know what? If there's something that you like, a glass jar, use it. Yeah, go with it. If you're traveling with your gear, like a bong, uh, make sure you wrap it up with something. Obviously, these things are expensive. My Silver Surfer vape comes with a carrying case. Uh, some of my other pipes have soft bags as well. I do need to get some sort of uh, carrying uh, device for my hexagon if I ever travel on, uh, plan on traveling with it. Uh, but when I travel, I usually just take my uh, Wolf uh, grinder, my six-piece tool, uh, and they actually have a carrying case for that too. I, I just use a, a smell-proof bag uh, that carries the grinder uh, inside of it, so uh, it works for me. But I'm going to look into the uh, carrying case that uh, those guys put out there. Bud, dope, flower. Ganja, Mary Jane. We all have our own language when it comes to cannabis. Herb, John Lennon, plant, tie stick, salad. So let's explore another weed word of the day. Samuel L. Jackson, the Hobbit's Leaf, Lady Gaga, 420. All right, in uh, weed word of the day, I'm going with a words uh, that uh, mean great weed, uh, out of sight weed. And this came to me because uh, we did serratus from uh, Tantalus Labs and uh, it is just awesome BC bud. So that's one of the words that means great weed, BC bud. It literally is reserved for some of the best weed around. Uh, if somebody says they've got some BC bud, you are in for a good night. And if somebody says they have BC bud and it's not good bud, I would question where you got that from. That's actually called a Nixon in uh, cannabis terms. Uh, when you sell crap and tell them it's great stuff, uh, apparently that's a Nixon I found out in uh, researching weed word of the day. So uh, BC bud, awesome. Nixon, not so much in the cannabis world. Yeah, the war on drugs. There's a strain actually called Big BC Bud uh, out there as well. Kryptonite, that is another one for uh, strong ass weed. I, I read on the Urban Dictionary, loud, uh, very good weed, apparently. I've never heard that. And dank is uh, another one that I've heard out there uh, for really good stuff. What do you call really great weed? Hit me up on Twitter at the Cannabis. 101 and uh, tell me what you call really great weed and uh, what kind of storage devices you're rocking I'd like to thank chris ianson for joining me on the program twice today really appreciate his insight and i look forward to uh, talking with him next week on what's that strain have yourself a great week again i apologize for my voice hopefully it's better next week and remember it's not just about getting high it's about getting healthy. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Mm -hmm.